Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, everybody, again to The Basement Binge this week, continuing the MCU with an interesting film of Thor Dark World. Um, so let's jump first into our spoiler wall, where we just get a minute to talk about our reactions to the film spoiler-free and uh, if we would recommend it or not. But before we do that, I'm Kate. Or I'm <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's roll, dude. I'm Harrison. I am Harrison. I am Cade, not you. (laughs) And I am Kelton. Oh, that was so weird. My brain's working faster than my mouth. All right, give me a minute on the clock. (laughs) All right, so for those who don't know, we each have a minute to kind of explain our initial thoughts of the movie without giving away any spoilers. And at the end, we will decide whether we would recommend watching this movie or we wouldn't. So, Okay, so we'll recommend it at the end. Sweet. Throw my minute up there, Harrison. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, okay, just throw my minute All right, up there. Your, your minute's gone. Okay, uh, Thor Dark World. Um, spoiler for the rest of the podcast. I have not seen this movie before now. I'd never seen it before. And so there, I, I think a lot of my recommend... Recommendations around any of the MCU movies are the connection that they have to the others and the impact that they have. So, would I recommend this movie based off its connection to the other movies? No, I've seen all the other MCU movies and have lacked nothing by not seeing this movie. You kind of what happens in it is kind of spoiled later in the other movies, so it's not a huge deal. But did I enjoy it? Yeah, it was a ton of fun. It was way different than Thor One. But also very similar. The acting was phenomenal. The music was fun. The the villain's a little one-dimensional, but it's fun. The visual effects are fun. There, there's hilarious moments in it. The amount of humor that came out of this film I was not expecting. It's fun to enjoy. There's a few moments where you just kind of turn your head and you're like, yeah, I'll let it slide because it's not the greatest thing. But it's fun. It's, it's fun to enjoy. So, wow, that was so scattered like my brain. Would I recommend it? Maybe. Depends on the person. Um, Fair yeah, I have a hard time deciding beyond that. <laughs> All right, okay. All right, I'll do it with my go my one minute. Uh, I say this is if you want to really compare of how all these movies connect together, I say this one is one of the movies that um, disconnect the most. But that's okay because this movie is good on its own because even because it's separated from uh, the rest of the Marvel movies, it's it can be able to stand on its own pretty well. Um, it's a fun movie. You, If you love Thor, if you love just hilarious ca- catchphrases and not, not as much banter as you know as you would compare you know, Tony Stark having, uh, it's, a, it's a fun movie. I really enjoy it. I love Thor and any movie that he's in. So I recommend it. That's my recommendation. Um, I will say... 
with the rating, it's not as PG-13 as you think it would be. There's violence and stuff, but it's I think it's pretty family-friendly. So, there's mine. Wag. All right, here is my minute. So, um, I saw this movie right when it came out, um, and even up until now, I've heard a lot of negativity about it, which to me, I'm actually pretty surprised about. This is a movie, it might just because it kind of plays off things I really enjoy. Um, like, there's some really good highs and lows in this movie um, that I connect to very well. Um, but I really do like this movie a lot. Um, I would highly recommend this movie because it's, like Harrison and Cade said, it's very funny. And it could you could really get just caught up in the story. And you don't know what's coming. There's a lot of good twists that kind of keep you guessing what's going to happen. You don't you go into the, the ending moments of the movie and you still have no idea what exactly is going to go down or how it's going to go down and stuff like that. But... If you haven't seen this, I would highly recommend it. It's, it's a fun watch, and um, I think it completes the MCU pretty well. Yeah, after listening to you guys, my thoughts were so disorganized. <laughs> I'm just going to like super briefly rephrase myself. I really enjoyed this movie. I agree with Kelton and Kate. It's hilarious. The emotional value in this is really good, and the character investment that you receive from it is great. And the, the story is, again, it has a lot of twists that I never saw coming. So it, it is definitely a film that I will take back. I would recommend this. One, because I think there's so much unnecessary hate towards it. And recommending it to people, I think, would help them to enjoy what it does have to give in its story. And the, the enjoyment you get out of not knowing what's coming. So holy smokes, I was disorganized. But if you like this disorganized conversation <laughs> about the movie, go watch it. Sure thing, Kate. Come back and listen to uh, our actual scheduled episode where we're going to dive into the fun parts about it, the meanings of it. We, ha- we talk, have a lot of great conversations about just pure movie enjoyment, but also the impact that films and movies have on our life. So, yeah, subscribe, come go watch the movie, and then come back and listen to the full episode with all the spoilers we could possibly give and uh, the great meanings it has. We got some great things coming, so consider subscribing. Thanks for listening to our little spoiler wall. Yeah, there you go. Come back. All right. Now, if you are listening to the traditional podcast, thank you for sticking around. We're just going to blaze from some announcements super quick and jump into the regular scheduled program. Um, so the first thing, announcements, we're going to keep pushing this, guys. We need your help on Kickstarter. We got our boy Andrew over there carrying the 1% on his back. And everyone else is slacking off, okay? Please, we, we need your help. We need better equipment. <laughs> and I need an organized brain, but we would greatly appreciate if you... Uh, could back us on Kickstart. Um, so for those who haven't, I've never actually participated in a Kickstarter before. Do you want to just kind of fill them in on what they have to do or search a certain name or something? Yeah, exactly. So the link is in the show notes if you do go there. Um, and you can just click on that. Um, but yeah, if you just go to kickstarter.com and search for The Basement Binge, you should find it. Um, and there's a bunch of options where you can go support any amount you choose towards our podcast that we can receive to purchase better equipment and uh, really start the show. There's different rewards that you'll be able to receive if you pledge a certain amount. Um, and it's totally risk-free. You know, if you're worried about it, you can back out anytime before the certain amount of days that we have. But also, we need your help because we've only got 35 days left. And if we don't reach our goal, we're going to get none of the money we've earned so far. Um, so we'd really, really love our help. So click the link in the description or just search... Um, the basement binge on Kickstarter. Yeah, and this is this is sub, like 
more you than us. It's This is for you to invest in your content that you love and the things that you like to listen to and the movies that you enjoy watching. So, yeah. And, you know, I remember a couple of weeks ago we actually had some technical problems and even, like, audio problems. Every once in a while we'll have an, a podcast where maybe one of the mics stops because we get to receive a phone call and we don't realize and we record the whole podcast, like, without one of us having a mic. And so, like, things just, you know, minor things that could make it a little more difficult for us. So having better equipment would definitely help. I think, like Kate said, not only you guys, you would, you would get better quality of audio and stuff like that, but it would also make our lives a lot easier in terms of, like, editing and uploading the podcast. So, like they both said, anything really helps. If it, even if it's, like, a dollar, like, you know, it all helps. So hook us up. Yes, thank you greatly. Other announcement? Keep downloading the show. And then a decade... Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, Kellen's reminding us, man, we are so disorganized. Let's let's get ourselves <laughs> together here. So, we, we have a great opportunity with a, a friend that reached out to us online to be a part of what's going to be called the Best of the Decade podcast. Um, and this is with a podcast called the Contra Zoom Pod. Again, all that information will list it down in our show notes. But So, he's got a podcast coming up at the end of the year where he's ranking every and kind of talking about every single film from the last decade, which is a lot of movies. And Kate and I or Harrison and I, however you want to say that, we were able to contribute to this. We had a lot of films that we wanted to talk about, and we got some pretty unique votes in there. Um, so, yeah, we'll uh, link his channel down below and uh, go subscribe there and wait for that podcast to come. I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, and it should be coming out um, sometime the end of this year and sometime in December from what we understand from the information we got from him. We had to go through this the whole process that we, that he, we contributed in this decade podcast that he's going to release later this year. He had us go through each decade, 2010, 2011, 2012, all the way through 2019 and rank the top five movies of that de- of that year and then compile that into a top 50. And so because of, the, and with his list that he has created, we, Harrison and I have made that list with a couple of movies that are on that list and we will give our you know, snippet of why that movie deserves to be on that list. So Look out for that. Be on alert and follow. What was his name? The Contra Zoom Pod. And thank you very much, Dakota, for involving in this. It's a first off. Congrats for heading such a huge project, and also thanks thanks for involving us. Yeah, it's awesome to be part of the journey. It's really exciting. Yeah. So all those boring announcements out of the way. Let it get into the actual show. So we always start off with our two cents where we get two minutes of uninterrupted time to give our knee-jerk reactions and thoughts about the film. Follow that up with a little segment we call First Watch, this being a movie that I had never seen before today. And then Pick Your Poison, where we talk about our, our personal ranking, where we talk about how we would rate, uh, sorry, our personal rating scale, how we would rate this movie. And then also, we forgot last week, I'm so sorry, but our MCU ranking where we review the different rankings of all 23 films so far released in the Infinity Saga. Follow that up with binge points, the fun details to talk about and laugh over. Leasts and likes are least are things we don't do and don't like about the film. And then lastly, the most and best part, fall in where we talk about the meanings, messages, impacts, and uh, have a really as cheesy as this sounds life-changing discussion between the three of us. So let's jump in here. All right. So I'll start us off with the two cents. Like Harrison said, it's just a little moment where you kind of talk about the movie. But um, so, all right, we got my timer going. Um, la, oh, I can't say it like I said, but I really, really enjoy this movie. Um, if you listen to the 
spoiler wall section that we have in our podcast. Um, I think this movie does a really good job of establishing its highs and lows, and especially the lows. I think the emotions shown right when Thor finds out Loki technically like died, I guess, and then also when Frigga, his mom, dies, his reaction like totally hit me. I almost cried when Frigga died, just because the way the music gets really loud and intense, and it kind of makes it seem... The way I would describe watching the movie, it seems like everything's on echo. Like, it's almost like a slow motion, and you just hear, like, the yells of, like, no, and, like, just, like, the sadness. But, like, that's ever that's all you hear. You kind of lose certain details, and it just kind of makes it seem like you're watching the movie through, like, a scope. And I think it's really cool because it really pinpoints, like, the sadness you feel in that scene. But I'm not going to get in too deep. But I I really like that part of the movie, and that could be a reason why I just like the whole movie in general. But this movie's hilarious. Loki is incredible. I love his performance in this entire movie. It was awesome from being, you know, him mourning, and then also him just being hilarious in the dialogue between him and Thor. But... That I thought it was very entertaining, all the fight scenes and stuff like that. I was definitely hooked in. The Dark Elves maybe didn't it explain the history, but it didn't go into motives as much. I, you know, I was still kind of questioning what exactly the Dark Elves were trying to do. You know, obviously, like, take over the universe and stuff like that. But it didn't really explain how the Aether was going to, like, help them do that, I guess. Maybe just destroy the worlds. I don't know. I was left a little confused. But other than that, I really, really actually did like this movie a lot, so... I recommend it a bunch. All right, my two cents. I say my first off, this movie. Um, I love all three Thor movies. It's I'm such a huge fan of Thor and Chris Hemsworth and his work that he's put into this act into this character. One thing I want to point out is that um, I love this movie as a kid. I remember watching it and the huge up the highs and lows. There's a lot of plot twists in this movie. Um, to you know, this is a big spoiler. For Spoiler sentence. There's like three in this one. Where one, Thor gets his hand cut off, so it throws you off. Loki dies, and his mother dies. So there's like a lot of just twists and turns throughout this whole movie, and it it keeps you on edge. It makes you. It just keeps you in the movie. Um, when you walk away from the movie, you talk about it, and you realize there's 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 a couple of questions that you that are kind of unanswered, like what my like what Kelton said, how the dark elves. There's this. They're just evil, evil beings, and they're out to destroy the world or destroy the entire universe. But as far as like why they want to use the ether, why they want to use the convergence, why they want to, why they, why are they evil? You don't really know that for sure. You just know what they're trying to do, and that they're just horrible people. This horrible species that they just want to just decimate everything, and. I wanted to talk more about that as we get later into the podcast. But one thing I really thought was, what I thought kind of was a little weird, is that knowing Jane Foster and like what happens later in the MCU and everything and the whole stuff that goes down with her, it was a little hard to follow the movie with that this time. But once you know Thor like jumps off of the balcony and grabs his hammer that's flying by, I was back into this movie. So. <laughs> That was a sweet scene, and we'll talk about that later. But I, this movie is is just a it's it's got a spot in my heart, and I love this love this movie through and through. 
right. All right. Okay. It's going to be hard not to like spoil the first watch section as I talk about this two cents. But um, I was positively, I guess I'm just ruining it. I was positively, oh my gosh, surprised by this film. Uh, it was actually really enjoyable. And uh, I agree with Cade. Chris Hemsworth really puts in a great work as Thor, but also Tom Hiddleston. He is amazing as Loki. Loki is so fun in this movie. It made me so excited for like the Disney Plus Loki series that's happening because he's just a ton of fun in this movie. And it's like, there's a whole side of him that I'd never seen before having not seen this movie. Um, the story was really good. Um, again, I mean, I wouldn't say it was really good. It was good. The The villain was a little one-dimensional and there was a little things that were just kind of like, what? Like, okay, whatever. I just I kind of just accept it because it's the movie. Um, but there, you know, the twists and turns, the, the, the surprises, the, the conflicts, they would, was just things that I didn't expect to happen. I didn't expect to see a conflict between Odin and Thor and the way that that happened and played out was really neat to watch. I liked that it was something different. It wasn't, um, it's a good Thor film. I, I don't know why it gets as much hate as it does, but I agree, the highs and lows were really there, especially after Iron Man 3, and we were kind of talking about that last week, how that was missing. It, it was there in this film. It, very good filmmaking, if you want to say that. They they understood how to make you feel the emotion of that moment, but also they understood how to make you enjoy the action. They understood how to, to cue the comedic moments perfectly, where the emotion was there when you needed it and wasn't cut off short. Um, but that good joke, when it hit, it hit good. And uh, it was it was a really good film to enjoy. There wasn't a moment where I didn't enjoy it. There were parts where I was like, oh, this could have been better. Or I didn't like that, but I enjoyed it constantly. And um, the cinematography in it was really fun to admire and look after. Heimdall is the most underused character ever. But I love Idra, El Idra Elbis's... Whatever you say his name Sorry. possessively. Yeah. His performance is good. <laughs> No. So I guess we're talking about first watch. So I, I guess I'll just share my thoughts about it, having not watched it before. Um, my only expectations for this film was uh, that it was awful. That was it. That was the only thing yeah, I'd heard about it, that it was like the right. worst, that it was the worst movie of the MCU. And like, that was it. In fact, I put it at the bottom of my list for that reason. And uh, I mean, this, this film's not going to be climbing the list super fast. It's not going anywhere super soon. But it's definitely going to go above the first Thor movie. I, I thought this was a good good progress in Thor's story and Thor's arc, but also in the way a Thor film was made. And also just kind of, although it's disconnected, just kind of the MCU in general. Um, it was, I, I kind of complained about the plot a little bit, but it was good to see that it was more than just like, good guy fights bad guy. It was like, bad guy approaches and there's a lot of family and emotional conflictions. And the good guy has to fight others to fight bad guy to protect what he values. And it, it was just, it was a good story. It was, it was fun. So pleasantly su surprised. I will rewatch this again. Um, I enjoyed it. It was, it was a good movie to watch for the first time. I don't regret my time. All right. We are moving on to our next segment, Pick Your Poison and MCU Ranking. This is where we talk about how we are, what we really feel this movie is for. Either it is a buy or is it a rent or is it a never watch again? And then after our rankings for the Pick Your Poison, we will move on to rankings, which we were talking about our previous ranking in our overall MCU, as well as the phase of phase two. And talk about where we ranked it and film move up or down. I will start with pick your po with my pick, pick Your Poison, and I will say this is a guaranteed buy. The reason why is because I love Thor and I love 
pretty much any movie that he's in. And this movie is just a great, it's just got all the awesome quotes and that I use whenever I talk about Thor and it's just hilarious of it. And my rankings with the overall rankings of um, the entire MCU, before we watched it, I put Thor Court at number 21. That's pretty low. <laughs> That's because I probably, I haven't watched this movie in quite some time. So I feel like I want to move that up. Um, we'll wait for now once the rest of you guys have talked about the, you guys' rankings. And in phase two, I put, oh, where is it? Um... Phase two. I apparently did not make a ranking of it, but I think I would put it at number four above Iron Man three and Ant-Man. So we'll move on for that. Kel, what's your... All right, pick my poison. Um, This is definitely a buy for me. I actually do own this movie. Um, We bought it right when it came out of theaters because I remember one of the first times I watched this is actually with my brother Cade. We, we had to build, like, this bridge um, for one of our physics classes, and it took a long time. Like, we had to piece it together with a bunch of glue, and it just took a long time. But I remember we bought, like, Taco Bell, threw in Thor, Dark World, and just worked on those bridges. And it was, like, honestly such a mood, and it was, like, a great time. So, great movie. I love it. I would I would enjoy watching this again later. It's just a fun movie to watch, so definitely buy for me. And as far as my rankings go, um, overall in the MCU, uh, I had this ranked at number, where is it, 19. So yeah, that's pretty low. I want to say, just first impressions, that I want to move that up based on how much I enjoyed this movie. But it's harder because that means something needs to go down. So that's we'll see where it goes, but initial impression is I want to move it up. And then in terms of phases, in phase two, um, I have this ranked as last in phase two, um, which I think is probably going to stay there just because phase two is each and every movie. It's so good. It's arguably one of the best phases. But yeah, I think that might just have to stay there just because all the ones ahead of it are so good. So yeah, that's my ranking. Harrison? So my... uh... My pick, my poison. I would also buy this film. I mean, I already do own it. A lot of that is influenced by collecting the MCU. Um, if it was outside of the MCU, would I own it? Probably still, I would buy it, but it would be much lower on the list and priority of purchasing. If that makes sense. But I do enjoy it. I do love watching it. So now, if I look at my rankings here of it, in overall, it is the number twenty-three. Very bottom. <laughs> I hadn't seen it. All I had heard was bad things about it. That's going to move up. Like you said, automatically above. I already know and above. Okay, it's going to be a minimum of 20. Maybe more, but probably just 20. If I'm, But again, I don't know. As far as phase two goes, my ranking was, if I can find phase two, was number six. Probably just number... It's, I know it's going to be above Iron Man 3. I love Iron Man 3, but I did like this film better than that. So, yeah. Good film to enjoy. Um, first off, did we mention all of our ranking... Like our actual Phase 2 rankings before we watched them? Did we... Have we announced that? I think I we know, have. We should, I mean, we forgot last time, so maybe we should do that. Sometimes. Yeah. So, um, I'll go first with my rankings that I had before. And number one... Number three... Number five... Number five was Iron Man 3. There's six of them? 
Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Heaven help me. <laughs> I'm missing Age of Ultron. <laughs> okay, here we go. So number six is Iron Man 3. And then number five is Ant-Man. Number four is Thor Dark World. Number three is Avenger, The Avengers Age of Ultron. Number two is Captain America Winter Soldier. And number one is Gardens of the Galaxy. All right. And mine I have is six, Thor Dark World, and then Iron Man 3. And then at four I have Avengers Age of Ultron, followed by Ant-Man at three, and then Captain America Winter Soldier at two, and Guardians of the Galaxy topping off my list for phase two. Alrighty, so looking at my list here, my before ranking, I had Thor Dark World as number six. Right above that was Guardians of the Galaxy for number five, just because both of those films I hadn't seen, so they defaulted to the bottom. Number four was Iron Man 3. Three is Ant-Man. Number two is Avengers Age of Ultron. And number one is Captain America the Winter Soldier. So, pretty just a good list there. All right. I think that leads us now into the binge points. These are any little extras or fun Easter eggs or just cool scenes or moments that we noticed on first impression after watching the movie. And for me, first impressions are a little... I guess Easter eggs. Um, I don't know if anything like stood out to me in that kind of way. I think the way I watch this movie is probably pretty superficial. I'm not digging or trying to look for cool meanings or messages. Um, and I know it did a couple um, in reference to um, like you know the ancient you know the dark elves and whatever the other. Um, realms and stuff like that but um yeah actually i think that's just i'm gonna stick keep with that i don't think i have any binge points yeah this was this movie was kind of it was kind of weird as far as references go because it's it's just a superficial movie because it's it seems so far disconnected from the rest of the mcu because this movie it comes off as a sequel to thor rather than a progression in the mcu now, there are references to previous movies. Um, I noticed that they mentioned, you know, Thor with the ice Ooh, giant monster. And Captain America. That they, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a great reference. All right. That was absolutely hilarious when uh, Loki's just shifting, shifting through characters and uh, making fun of Thor. Then he's just totally roasting Captain America. That was just absolutely fantastic. Also, reference to the Avengers, the movie. They mentioned about Jane Foster was talking to Thor when he first showed up back from Earth, back to Earth. He's like, where were you? I saw you in New York and everything. And so there's, it's, I'm sure there are a million of those binge reference, of these references throughout this movie. I wasn't, I didn't really feel I was really looking out for those references in this movie because if you really want to dive into references in this movie, I feel like you really have to dig a little deep for it. As far as like what the Dark Elves were and the references to like the Cursed and their ships and as well as like the Malekith and the whole war behind that. Um, there was a reference to the Infinity Stones. That was a big... I think what was really interesting was that when they... So when Thor destroyed the Aether... It was all that this it's like this weird Kool-Aid looking thing coming out of Jane Foster, right? And yeah. it's and then Thor destroys it. 
and when it's it's supposedly you think he destroys it and when it comes together it's like these shards of a stone yeah i thought that was interesting instead of being like this and we know from like later on in infinity war and and endgame it actually is a stone so they like get it to stay in that form thingy in like rock form i guess but yeah yeah, it's it's kind of weird. We don't really know a whole lot about the ether and like why the dark elves are so like tied to it, and how it makes like Malekith like so strong. And I don't know. But my my first thought is that this is I was throughout the movie I was wanting to see if they would um, reference ether as the reality stone, but it never made that connection. It mentioned that it distorts reality because it's between worlds and stuff, and. I think the only reference they made toward it being an infinity stone is when Thor does attempt to destroy it. It's like in these shards. So it's potentially a stone and like its true form is a stone, but it can change reality. That's, that's what the power is of this, of this infinity stone. So it's, it can be whatever form it wants to be. Now in the end, in, in infinity war, it does end up, end up being a stone for the sake of the movie because it is a reality stone, so it changes the form into that, so it's more convenient for the story and, and for Thanos. But at this point, it's just, it's whatever. Hot Kool-Aid. It's, it's, it's hot Kool-Aid. That <laughs> <laughs> everybody just sucks it up. It becomes all-powerful. Yeah, so Harrison, did you have any, like, binge points or Easter eggs that you noticed watching this? Even though this was your, this was your first watch, so it's kind of hard to find those references because you're so focused on the story. Um, yeah, there was a bunch, or the, sorry, there was not a bunch. Um, you already kind of mentioned the ones like Loki pretending to be Captain America, the references to the Avengers and then New York. And, um, there's the, uh, continual, I, I believe it's phase two where there's like a reference. People say it's a reference to Star Wars. I don't know if that was intentional where somebody loses a hand in every single movie in phase two. Oh, wow. So that was there. Thor lost his hand. That was surprising. I did not Wait, see that. Lost their Oh, so there's a, in, in Thor or in Phase Two, there's a reference in every single movie somebody loses a hand. Because Iron Man Three, a um, bunch of people lost hands. Yeah, but like, all, yeah, but like, but more specifically, the Mandarin loses his hand from Tony Stark in the yeah. in the final battle. He loses his hand, yeah. and he gives him a second to recover from it. So that's interesting. I'm not, and I want to look out for Thor it. lost his his hand. Um, no, there wasn't a bunch. I was mainly, like you said, in, in looking for the story and striving to understand that, and and looking for that. There was I like even while watching, that, I realized it's like oh, there's not that many binge points that I'm gonna have about this. Um, I, these aren't necessarily like references, but just things like I generally just enjoyed about the film. As I thought that like the the costume design for all the dark elves was really really cool. I really enjoyed all the costume designs for the dark elves. Oh, I thought that was oh, and the ships. Those are some cool ships. Yeah, those are really cool ships, and like the way they flew, and it was just cool. So that that's probably it. I do want to say when um, Frigga, so that's I didn't realize that was Thor's mother's name, but two when she tricks Malekith that Jane Foster is there, and she turns out to be an illusion. Is one Loki gets his Loki learned his tricks from his mother, like his illusions and stuff. Two. Malekith turns around and and, yell, and calls Frigga a witch, which technically that is true. That's not necessarily an insult because Frigga was raised by witches, so she understands magic. Yeah. So that is kind of a reference toward her backstory. Yeah, I'm glad you brought her up. So I love 
Um, let me say this. If you have not seen Endgame, spoilers for Endgame, skip ahead like a minute or 30 seconds. Um, I love the role that Frigga plays in the story of Endgame and her relationship to Thor. And it was fun to see her as a more involved and stronger character than I ever had by seeing this film. And it made that those moments in Endgame that much more powerful, mm-hmm. which was cool to see. Yeah, to be honest, the first time I watched this movie, I didn't catch that her name was Frigga. And so when Odin, like, after the Dark Elves kind of tear through his throne room and he comes in and, like, the camera gets super close up on his face and he's like, Frigga. I thought that was, like, his curse word. Oh, Just like, oh, so like, oh Frigga. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I got super confused, but, you know, obviously I later learned, like, that's the mom's name and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's a weird name, but it's pretty close to me, like, Frick or Fetch or whatever you want to use, you know? I just, I might use that from now. I'm just like, oh, Frigga, dude. <laughs> but, yeah, so... One, one reference I want to point out I just looked up and, of the character Malekith. So his original character, his face is two sides of colors. So one side is dark, one side is light. Oh, interesting. And so when he was, when he's first, you, you first introduced to Malekith, he's got this, this pale white face. He, he's got this crazy braided legless wannabe hair and he's just this pale looking guy and he has green, blue eyes. But in the in the comics, it shows that he has his face is separated into two different colors, black and white, and his eyes are red. And when he gets a hold of the ether in the comic books, he becomes completely dark, which they've referenced toward that. But once they, once Thor shot, like, like lightning bolts him in the face, and his face is, like, cracked on one side and black, and his other face is normal, that's the actual reference toward Malekith and what he actually looked like in the comics. So there's a pretty interesting binge point from the movie that I wanted to pick up because I felt... I felt bad not looking out for those references. So, other than that, I don't have any other references. Cool. Yeah, I think that wraps it up. I think we can move on to... Least and likes. So, these are things that we do or do not like about the film. Favorite moments, least favorite moments, scenes, lines, whatever. We'll start with the, our least things that we did, did not like. And the first one is that when Thor is fighting what were they called like the dude like the freaking giant dude who breaks out of the prison looks like Korg almost no 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 not the rock guy the uh like the, the guy who worked with the dark elves that broke out of prison. The, broke out of the, the curse that's what they were called i can remember when he's fighting the cursed right before um right before loki dies the dude's like standing on top of him just pounding his face in and he stands up and he has one scrape above his eye I was like, oh, come on. Like, that bothered me so much. Um, so probably just that. I don't I don't think that there's any other, like, particular... I mean, Heimdall was really underused. That was another thing that I disliked about it. Um, yeah, I just... I hated that scene when he's just pounding Thor in and then he stands up and he has one scrape. All right, yeah, I want to go next because I have a couple. Actually, only just two. Um, but the one big one I really didn't like is once the cursed breaks out of his prison, which is way too easy, he just smashes the dude's face in it and then punches it. And it's just like, you know, this prison I'm sure is meant to hold some pretty dang strong, like, enemies. You know, it's Asgardian prison. It's gotta be strong, right? I mean, and it's holding Loki. Yeah, like, what the heck? And then as soon as the curse gets out, he just walks up to the other's. Pow. It's like high and five. then like the high other, five. <laughs> and high then five. all the other like prisons are open, all the bad guys get out. It's like, are you kidding me? Like that's all it takes is when 
little like high five wimpy punch and the wall just goes down like that part I really didn't understand at all and then the second one that I did not like was like that weird romantic tension between that one chick and Thor like the Asgardian girl because it's not referenced yeah yeah Sif like because it's not referenced at all in any of the other MCU movies it's just like this weird oh Thor you shouldn't like Jane Foster from Earth. She's a human, but there's this Asgardian chick over there, and like she keeps like making Bad weird it. eye contact. She invites him to drinks, and he's like, "Nah, fam." And it's just like this weird <laughs> tension, nah, <fam. laughs> where it's like, "Why? Why is this here?" I mean, it could set up like a good story maybe later oh, on, but it's not used at all. It's just this random, "Hey, there's this chick, but whatever, dude, do your thing," and that's it. So it, I thought I I didn't really get it. I just thought it was pushed of how his parents had to look down on his girlfriend and you know that stereotypical weird romantic shiz going on so that part i didn't like i didn't really understand but as far as those go that's pretty much my dislikes or my least i have to join i've joined on that that train with kelton it's oh i struggle with jane foster the act i don't know where her actor's name is i don't like her natalie portman natalie portman uh, it's just like I feel like she deserves to be. I feel like I feel like the first movie I saw her in was in a chick flick, and then I see her in this, and it's like I can't like unsee that. Unsee that. Yeah, and so when she's talking about like, oh, you in, you talked about my, you talked about me to your dad, and like, <laughs> is this your mom? And like, it's she she's like trying to pull in this chick flick into this Thor movie, and it's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> Ugh, it's it's kind of like maybe it's like twist my insides, and I didn't really like that, and also. Like, Lady Sif's a freaking bad A. Like, how does Thor look over that? Over this, like, scientist. Or where, where she's like, I like how you explain. And no scientist and, that hot. <laughs> and, how she's like, and how she's all like, I like how you explain things. It's like, come on, man. Lady Sif just beat the crap out of an entire army, and you're just like, nah. Not interested. And it's, ugh. I wanted them to go... Like, I thought it was weird he had this weird, like, love relationship with this, like, human, with Jane Foster. And, but, like, there's nothing about Lady Sif. Question, spoiler in Thor, for Thor Ragnarok. Does Lady Sif die in that movie? Uh, or is she just, like, not even in that movie? She's not in it whatsoever. She really? was, like, there was scheduling conflicts with the actress. So she just was, like, written, like, just not included in the story. She's just off-world somewhere. <laughs> That's weird. Because, like... She's just a big part in this, or at least a feasible, a lazy attempt to be a part of this movie. And I, th- I feel like Thor, this movie would not be hated on as much if they just like kicked Jane Foster the curb and like brought in Lady Sif. <laughs> you know, just, just like let her die with like the with Elitha or Ether or whatever. Like she just gets consumed by it, and so just he just turns like, all right, I'm gonna go to Lady Sif and just actually be an actual like god of thunder and. I don't know. Anyway, Natalie Portman is an incredibly talented actress. She is. She is. Like, if you don't believe me, go watch the movie Annihilation. She is very good, and she is wasted. I made a joke during this movie that, like, you have the incredible talent of Natalie Portman, and you reduce her to just say, Malakath. <laughs> like, like, she literally does nothing. She gets, ups- she gets taken over by the ether and then stands there and waits for everybody to attack her and she can't do anything and watch 
watches Thor roll. Watches Thor. Watches Thor roll down a hill, and then the ether's taken out of her, and then she goes back to Earth. Like, ah, <laughs> uh, I just you ah, uh, yeah. She was just the character and acting power of this of Jane Foster was just poorly, poorly misused in this film, and I'm excited to see what happens in Thor: Love and Thunder for that reason. Um, but yeah, the, the other thing, why, I mean, of all ways, you let the Dark Elf get the ether, and he's supposed to be, like, unstoppable and have ultimate power, and, like, that really, I was like, whoa, like, they're gonna let him have it. Okay, now we gotta overcome that, like, and the way they overcome it was just with, like, some made-up scientific technology, like, you don't, you don't let Thor beat the bad guy, he's gotta, like, use his friend's gravity remote control pole vault javelin things, like... <laughs> Oh, I was so bothered. The intern by that. doesn't know how to hammer into the ground for Pete's sake. Did, have you? Did you see that? He tries. He's like pounding it like weakly, and then like he like lets go of it and just kind of just hangs over. It like wobbles. It's like, wobbles. It's like <laughs> you suck, dude. Yeah, that's just and number one, that first spear javelin thing when he pounded it first, in, and then the, the 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 ship decides to like go halfway into the ground and tear up the whole. The whole freaking dirt rather than just like just float on top of it so but like <laughs> what happened to that you know javelin thing i'm sure that was demolished yeah okay let me just start over my least was just the no i don't say it was my least but there was repetitive re, oh my gosh repetitive moments in that end fight scene that i was just like what are you doing but there's hilarious moments in that scene. And, like, it was fun to watch, like, them fight with, like, the gravity thing and, like, for them to have a part in this big battle. But it was, like, there were so many times I'm like, just come on. Just let Thor be the superhero of Thor. And I mean, because watching that, they used the gravity just... It wasn't, it, it wasn't like the gravity thing adhered to a certain law. And, you know, they said, like, once the nine realms align, then everything's just chaos. But it, it just... It did seem like, okay, we're going to pick and you know choose exactly when the gravity is going to turn on or off you know you know what the whole when he throws Mjolnir at him and it's gone i mean it, it was pretty funny to watch Mjolnir try and like try go between the two it, it just didn't make sense of like how he lost it's like okay that was just legit just to go with the story like it, that was just literally to have Mjolnir fly up a bit against a building and rip all the glass out like <laughs> that was hilarious to watch but like i try to go out of the atmosphere like in a ball of fire it's like yeah like it was just like i mean what kate said from the original movie like yeah it totally continues with the character of mjolnir but like oh hey that reminded me of a binge point when uh dar dar darcy she calls it meow meow but (laughs) but uh yeah it was that point that scene was just dumb so should we move into our our likes now should we talk about something positive (laughs) instead of just destroying this scene okay (laughs) My favorite scene is, uh, sorry, I was deciding, but I'm picking one. My favorite scene was when, after Frigga dies, and after Frigga, after she dies, and Thor goes to, okay, the whole, like, montage, like, conversation they were having around the table, like, planning how they were going to escape off, like, cut to them actually doing it was really fun to watch. I really liked that scene. You guys know what I'm talking about where they're sitting around the table and then like they have the plan and they're doing all that. But the one part that I really, really loved is when Thor goes to see Loki and Loki's in his cell and Thor's like no more tricks or no more illusions or something like that. And Loki like takes the magic away and his cell is destroyed and he's sitting there and he, you can tell he's really like he's mourning over his mom. I, I really, and like 
the tension that's between Thor and Loki and how they're learning how to trust each other in that moment or not trust each other, but accept one another, accept what has happened. Yeah, I just really appreciated that scene. I'm still processing what it means to me, but I, I really love that. I I wanted a little bit more out of it, but that was probably my favorite part. Just that, that moment when like the illusion faded and it's all Loki sitting there, I was like, whoa. Like, wow. Good for them. Yeah. Good for those who, them being the people who made the movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, favorite scene. Um, that moment where he just throws off his robe and jumps off the balcony and Milner comes flying over and he just grabs and keeps flying. That scene was like, that was dope. That was really dope. And then the scene, okay, I have one more least. One more least, and I'll move on. But the point, whenever Thor jumps with his hammer, and it's like, he jumps in the air and he's like holding it, and it's like this awkward little like, and then he hits the ground, and it's like, it's, it's cool again. But it's like, I wish they did something more with that. But it's whenever Thor throws his hammer, it's just like the best thing when he throws it and stuff. And that scene where they now become friends, Loki and or Loki and uh, Thor become comrades, have to work together. And Loki's kind of left in the dark about the plan, so he doesn't ruin it. But it's just their banter. That whole scene is just so funny. And then at the very end, they go through the the portal or some sort and they pop out and Loki's like ta-da <laughs> so funny that was my favorite part okay a rephrase my other favorite scene is anything with Loki I just love him oh, okay I want to add my other favorite scene man I'm just going to keep going but that at the end when Thor rejects to be king and Thor thinks he's talking to Odin and he's mourning for his brother Loki but also choosing not to be king. And I love what he said. He's like, I'd rather be a good man than a great king. Because in that moment and seeing his his dad or the all-father choose to sacrifice every Asgardian, he like realized the brutality that comes with being a great king. And I, I just love that moment. And and Thor was so sincere about his love and appreciation and, and honor that he had for Loki. And he's talking to Loki. And the way Loki in that moment responds is so Odin-like and so good. And I'm getting a little bit into falling here, but... I was just really impressed with that scene, the way it was handled, that it's actually Loki pretending to be Odin and doing a really good job being Odin. Um, but you can tell that there's a little bit of an impact to things that Thor says about Loki. You can tell it kind of, the way he responds is like, oh, like, you think I have honor? You think that I'm, I don't know. I just like that scene. There's a point that was interesting is that going on that specific scene when Thor offers up his hammer, and he, and Thor, and Loki as Odin says it belongs to you. If he didn't say that, he won't be able to pick up the hammer. So then it's like, oh, hold on, and it would have given away his whole disguise. So he he had to say it belongs to you because it's Loki. He's not he's not worthy of the hammer. So it would blow his whole cover. It's true. I didn't think about that. It was. It was I just really that was just really really well done. All right. So my favorite scene. I say I have obvious favorite and then like an honorable mention so my obvious favorite is i mentioned this earlier when right when frigga dies and thor's reaction like i was really close to crying because i it just hit me just the way they they set it up with the dramatic music and the intense and it shows the emotion in thor's face and kind of the shock that when it hits odin that he realized his wife just died it was just awesome and i think it showed the relationship that thor had with his mom 
and just how intense and destructive Thor became once he realized like someone killed his mom. Because I feel I relate to that because like I feel like I'm also very protected and loyal to my mom. I may like be an idiot sometimes and act stupid and stuff, but I feel like the moment like someone insults my mom or does something they shouldn't, I get like I feel the same like rage that you know the righteous rage that Thor gets when he sees his mom like get killed. So I, I love that whole scene. Um, and then the honorable mention is just the entire movie, how freaking funny it was. I just loved everything about it, you know? Just Thor's like, ah, oh, how do I get back to whatever the name of the city is? Like, oh, it's in three stops. He's like, all right. So he just, just hops on and just, like, grabs the handle and just, like, just, like, commute to work, you know? No big deal. He's commuting to work? Oh, and, my gosh. Yeah, it was, just, it was awesome. So just the entire movie with all the funny scenes, I absolutely loved. I think the MCU does a really good job with making each of the Thors, or at least... Thor 2 and Thor 3, very, very funny. And it, it just picks off. And, and 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 like Harrison said earlier, the right moments, they, they set the right times to be funny instead of over-pushing it or not having enough of it. So, yeah, I love all the funny funny scenes. So, All right, for sake of time, I think that pushes us to the last set. Yeah, we are here. We're the, the meat of our podcast. We are here at Fallen. This is the point where we talk about the hidden messages in this movie where we the three of us talk about hidden messages that we felt we got from the movie and we talk about it discuss and really have an open conversation about what kind of messages they were trying to draw out what they were trying to what main purpose of this movie was as far as morals go as far as characteristics or personalities or what you should do in life um, it could come to complex ideas or even simple ideas and one thing I thought was I want to mention as we are now beginning Fallen is how Loki is so hostile in the beginning and that he's kind of being himself but then Odin mentions Odin tells him you are going to rot in jail while Thor is going to be king and then Loki mentions like you're going to let that self-centered man be, be king and Odin mentions, well, he's gonna he's gonna fix problems that. In short, Odin says, "You're gonna he's gonna fix the problems that you made first, and then yes, he's gonna be king while you rot in jail." Like it was just a it was just a condescending talk to Loki, and then throughout the whole movie where he's talking to his mo- his mother and to Thor, how he's just hating on Odin, and then um, his mother dies, and now the only person that really cared about him. And his mind was is now gone, and so it makes complete sense as far as like why o- why Loki kicked Odin out of the, out of the throne and became the king as you know became quote unquote Odin. It's because of what Odin said to him. Like, All right, you think he's gonna, you think he's going to be king and I'm going to rot in jail? How about I take your your place and I'm going to kick you out? Yeah, it was in, isn't it, that's interesting to point out. But yeah, I remember that scene where. He just like completely condescended him, like, yeah, your brother's that you're insulting is gonna fix this mess you made, and then he's gonna have to have the one position that you really want. It's interesting. Totally wrecks the Loki's day. Yeah, I think it sets the tone for the movie as far as why Loki acts the way he does. Uh, so my thing that I noticed in Fallen was just noticing like the choices that different leaders choose to make. That. At the very beginning, it talked about how Malekith sacrificed his entire race, all his people, 
just to save himself so he could hide away um, and later come back for the ether. And then later Odin was willing to do the same thing to stop Malekith. Malekith he was going to sacrifice every single Asgardian. And the, and the, ask a question like, what's the difference between you and Malekith? And he, he, the only thing he says is that I'm going to win. And like that's that's the only difference. And I respected Odin for, for recognizing and understanding and, and acknowledging his flaw in that moment. Or maybe not recognizing, but acknowledging. And the choice that Thor chose to make instead, he, being willing to commit treason to you know, kind of do what was right. The greater good. Sacri- being willing to sacrifice himself once again for the people. And it, you could tell that it was more than just for Jane Foster. He wasn't just doing it for his squeeze. He was doing it for something much bigger than himself. His squeeze. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I... So, my thing I... It just barely popped into my head that I kind of... I totally agree with, like, everything you guys have said. And I like the quote, like, that you mentioned, Harrison, was like, I'd rather be a good man than a great king. I think you could really take that and run with that, but... The one I just want to point out is just the integrity of Heimdall. Like, how incredibly so awesome he is, where he he knows the laws and he knows what he should do, and but he also has like his own personal conscience and like more morals and stuff like that. And when he begins to realize um, that he can no longer function as his duties require of him. He, like, removes himself from the situation. Yeah. You know, he calls down, you know, Odin. He's like, I'm here to talk to you about treason. He's like, of who? He's like, of me. You know, it's like, I'm committing treason. Like, that, you think about it, I feel like no one would ever do that. No. Like, no one would no one would help the people commit treason knowing that it's the better cause and then turn himself in. Yeah, before you even, like, technically commit treason. You're just saying, oh, you know, me, like, I'm turning myself in. That just made me think of just how much integrity and like how good of a person Heimdall is. And I think sometimes like in today's society, like we'll lie just to like protect someone's feelings. And sometimes that's needed. I'm not saying it's like you should, if you really think someone's a jerk, you should just tell them straight to their face. But like um, just being like sticking to you. What, what I want to pull from this is how even though Heimdall had like everything to lose, from him turning himself in, he still did it because he believed what Thor was doing was the right choice to make for in terms of, I guess, helping all of Asgardians or, you know, defeat the evil and stuff like that. So I think that's really cool and how he could take it to, if you really believe in something, well, you should, like, who's to stop you, you know? Like, yeah, you may have a job you don't like, but if it goes against something you believe, like, you shouldn't be forced to do that or act against it, you know? Um, Just, like, be true to yourself and be true to what you believe. And, you know, there may be cases where you do have to stand by, you know, stick to your guns, and you may, like, receive negative backlash for it. But I think in the end it will help you become you in a better way in your, like, true self, and that you aren't swayed by pressures or punishments or any type of backlash that you could still hold firm to your beliefs. And I think when people are like that, you just earn so much more respect. Like, 
just in any societal problem encounter that we have, when someone's pressured into doing something and it may be seem bad to yeah, like it may seem bad or negative or unpopular to decline or or not do something or to do something. I think yeah, it may seem like oh it's bad, no one's gonna like you, but I think more than anything you gain a lot of respect for from your peers. And if you and if you get people around you who don't respect you for doing that, I think you should just avoid them. Cut those kind of people out of your life. Treat yourself. Yeah, I think that I think Heimdall really understood that that of all the things he could have lost by turning himself in, he would maintain his t- integrity, and that that keeping those things wasn't worth losing his integrity. And I think you have to evaluate the situations that, given friends or or whatever situation or experience or variable you want to insert, if the choices between keeping those things or your integrity, hopefully you choose your integrity. Well said, Kellen. I didn't notice that. That's cool. Well, I like I noticed that scene where Heimdall turns and I was really impressed. I was like, wow, that's really cool. But then I was like, all right, moving on. Yeah, like I said, it like barely popped into my head because you kind of like were talking about the one I wanted, like that I had thought about that first like came to mind. But yeah, I think you just because the way this movie is made with the highs and lows, you could get a lot out of it and look for different themes. So yeah, that's all I have to say. One thing I want to point out is one more thing I want to point out is on Loki is just his whole his whole story about this movie specifically is that he was so against he was a prisoner he was a criminal and then the point where he's safe from that to the point where he protects Jane Foster from the huge explosion of ether of that it quote unquote is destroyed and then when that massive gravity bomb is like sucking him sucking Jane Foster and he saves Jane Foster and sacrifices himself. Like, think about that. He's sacrificing himself for a human or particularly his his brother's girlfriend. They, don't like. they doesn't really necessarily like at all. That he kind of looks down on, looks down on human. That's the whole reason why we have the Avengers movie. Because he went down there to, like, be worshipped by them. But you can see that you can just see that Loki cared about his mother so much because Thor turns to him and says, do this. Like, this is, you know, in short, let's do this for mom. Like, and then Thor's like, he wouldn't, she wouldn't want us to fight when he was on, when they're on the ship. And Thor asked him like, who put me in that cell? I could have helped save mom. And he's like, you know, well, why you're in that cell? You know why you know who put you there? And then he says that you shouldn't fight. And then later he helps um, try to defeat Malekith. And he risks his life. And at that point, the way the movie is showing is that this is the end of Loki. Like a potential, like he is going to die. And then Thor comes in and saves him. And then after, as Loki's dying, Thor says, I'll tell father what you did today. Saying that what you did was, was honorable and was good. And then he responds back saying, I didn't do it for him. Which means... I don't care about Odin right now. I don't care about, I didn't really care about him at all. I cared about my, our mother. And I think that shows that a powerful figure, whether it's a parent figure, a mother figure, or a father figure, can change somebody's motives almost on a dime. Yeah. Like, I can, it, it changes. Like, you see, though, you know, there's people, there's stories that they're such bad people, they're doing all these bad decisions. And someone that they love and care about passes away, they're gone, or that they lose them for a moment. And they have this sudden 180. Yeah. 
where they they now they desire to do good they desire, they desire to do what's best and to help other people and they don't think about themselves because they want to make who they looked up to proud of them and so Loki kind of throws away his entire motives of Thor the the first Thor and Avengers and he puts that aside and he goes and tries to tries to save the universe with Thor and Jane Foster that's I say that's that tells a lot to his character and what he really cares about. And so I think everybody needs, I think everybody has that point where they have a figure they look up to that they would do anything for. Yeah. I, I also think I agree with what you're saying, but I also, when you were talking about that scene, it helped me realize that like, I think this movie does a lot to build on the character of Loki and, and like the goodness that he has with him and him. I think naturally instinctually, he's a good person. I think then in a given moment where he could have saved Jane Foster instinctually, he reacted and saved her. But with the complex and difficult and deceptive and just growing up and and, and time that he had, you know, I don't know. He, he's got, Loki's got a hard life. And I think it just shows that the, the difficulties, I don't think it's Loki's evil. I think he's a really great person. Um, and he's had a lot of difficulties that have led him to become evil. And there's more on that character development that comes later in the movies but i i'm interested to see what they do with the the disney plus show but yeah i think it shows the 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 goodness within him and his his willingness to respect and love his mother so so maybe for sake of time we'll wrap it up there how's that sound we again i apologize everybody we've been having some severe technical difficulties i'm sorry that my personal audio probably does not sound good our microphone just like quit whatever but anyway excuses excuses so thanks for listening and if you are not subscribed please consider subscribing we got some great things coming um finishing up the mcu phase two phase three coming and the break little teaser here that we're going to take between two and three we're going to be doing some star wars episodes in anticipation for the rise of skywalker yeah, I'm excited about that. Whether you love the movies or don't, I'm excited for the conversations we're going to be able to have. We're going to have a, my brother come join us as a guest, the Star Wars guru and lover that he is. So it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, but next week is the total bomb of a movie, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. So I'm excited to watch that movie. No, this is on this is on the top of our Phase 2 lists, and this is very near the top of all of our lists all, all time. So this is going to be a big movie. Watch out for that. Look at the, Let's just hint at this, okay? So we got our our average, like between all of us, Captain America the Winter Soldier is number two. For Kelton, Winter Soldier is six, so top ten. For Cade, Winter Soldier is three. And for myself, Winter Soldier is number one. So this is a good movie we're about to watch. So subscribe and check out that next week. But thanks for listening, guys. Hey, do, baby. Peace out, home dogs. Ciao, ciao. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.